How's it going, everybody? We're back in the studio. It's actually just myself, Coach Schultze here. We're going to dive into a uh, phone call with uh, a good friend of mine, Coach Trent Miller. He is the assistant coach at Morningside College in Sioux City, Iowa. Really looking forward to the conversation here. And then I'll give kind of a quick recap of our weekend. We just got done, finished up here with our first tournament down in Omaha. We had some goods, we had some bads, we had some struggles. Uh, we had a little bit of success. It was a good time. We had uh, we competed well, I thought, and we got a lot to learn. Looking forward to getting back at it. First off, here is a conversation with Coach Miller. All right, we're on the phone here is uh, a good friend of mine, Coach Trent Miller. He's the assistant coach at Morningside College in Sioux City, Iowa, uh, for six seasons, I believe, where he handles a lot of the recruiting and development of players. He was a three-year starter for the Mustangs and ended as the all-time leader in both assists and steals. He's a two-time All-GPAC player, and as well as the 2013 GPAC Defensive Player of the Year. And last but not least, he's was my point guard and is a very good friend of mine. So, Coach, thanks for coming on the show. What's going on today? Nick, hey, dude. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, been following you guys a little bit. Your podcast is awesome. So, just a big honor to be back uh, working alongside of you, man. <laughs> I've missed it, man. I've missed it. It's uh, No, seriously. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's an honor, man. It's an honor to have you on. So, um, have a good weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know, we went out uh, west, my mom's side, and all from uh, just west of North Platte, so like Sutherland, Nebraska is a small town, so we were out there yeah. hanging out, and uh, you know, a little different than West Omaha or Sioux City, you know, kind of where I'm from, but uh, the kids loved it. They got to see some horses, and uh, life was good, so um, just got back, but how was yours? Nice, nice. It was good. It was good. Later on in the podcast, I'm going to give kind of a recap of the tournament. But, you know, we, we had some struggles. We we saw a little bit of successes, and um, it was our first tournament together. So playing together, we're trying to get, get the feel for each other. And um, I expect things to get get better quickly now that we've got uh, one, one tournament under our belt. So it was all good. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how much of a difference just that second tournament you know, can be after just going through the first round and seeing how the team develops and plays together. I mean, with any team I've ever coached, that that's always been a huge step, just getting that first one under your belt, like you said. So I'm excited to see where you guys go. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's a, it's a quick, you know, three, week, or three weeks and um, we'll be done. But, um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. It was a lot of learning learning lessons, life lessons we, we – uh, we're able to get get done this weekend, so uh, look forward to getting better. For sure. Well, hey, let's start off, Coach. Uh, we'll just kind of give a, a recap of last season. Um, tried to follow you guys as much as I could. I did. I did finally make it up to a game, so uh, it was super uh, cool to watch you. Uh, not only watch your team as uh, they were obviously very talented and, and very successful this year, but just watch, uh, you know, a good friend of mine coach. It's just uh, really cool to see, you know, what you've been able to do in your career so far. And it's impressive, my man. I don't want to get too sappy on you, but um, I'm... <laughs> man, you're getting, me, you're getting me all fired up. I, you know, I appreciate it. And uh, you know how it is. Uh, obviously, we're a little biased because we, we live that culture. We know what it's like to, you know, to compete at, you know, at Morningside and, and with Coach Knight. 
uh, I just, you know, every day I kind of, I wake up and, and just kind of think, man, I, I'm pretty fortunate I get to go do this, um, you know, and work for Morningside Basketball. And, um, you know, we've got some really, really good, um, high-character kids that play for us. Um, and they make the wins and the losses, everything so much better. So yeah. we did. We had some success last year. Definitely, um, it, it was a, it was a great run. But if you know, if, if I'm dealing with a bunch of guys I can't stand to be around, um, 29 games could be pretty miserable, I imagine. Right. So, um, you know, winning that much. So uh, it's it's just a, it's a fun place, and it's just been really um, humbling to try to build on the foundation that was already set, you know, even prior to when we got there, you know, when they were right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, elite eight in the national tournament, uh, GPAC regular season champs, you got second, uh, runner up in the GPAC tourney. Talk a little bit about, obviously we saw some success, uh, when we were there, <laughs> maybe not when I was actually playing, but, uh, like, I, <laughs> I went through, you know, when I was a freshman, they were 23 and 0 or 24 and 0. And, you know, how difficult is it as you're going through a season like that to every night go out and compete, knowing that you're going to get everybody's best shot? You have a target on your back, everybody's coming for you. I mean, how hard is it to stay, to stay focused, keep your guys focused, and just show up and compete? Night in, night out. Yeah, and, you know, and that's it, it's really tough. Um, and you're familiar with the conference. You know how good a basketball um, is played in the GPAC and how competitive it can be. So, you know, we, we have a couple themes that we, we always have in the back of our minds. We're always trying to preach to our guys. You know, one of them is that we want to be playing our best basketball at the end of March. You know, right. so they're – we're not going to get so so fired up and you know wins and losses early. Yes, they matter, but ultimately, if we if we lose one early, but it, it, it prepares us and it puts us in a better place um, to make a run late in the season. You know that's that's a that's a lot better than maybe catching someone on an off night and beating them by twenty five. You know? so right. Always talking, always talking about that. Just trying to build our game and, and our level of play, just to have it the highest at the end of the season. You know, pretty, pretty simple goal. And then, you know, the last thing we always talk about is having that one goal and not caring about who gets it done every night. You know, we're, we're a different team in regards to we don't necessarily have one, you know, one guy who takes twenty-five shots. You know, if, if we rise and fall on his shoulders, you know, that's it's a philosophy. You know, it is what it is. It, it's, it's our, our biggest thing is every possession can we get a great shot. Right. Uh, the shot clock, it is. I mean, with how it is, obviously that can be difficult. And um, you're going to take quick shots throughout the course of the game. But if we could have um, most of our possessions be good inside and out, you know, either set shots or finishing by the rim, that's, you know, that's what we're looking for. And when our guys really buy into that and they really buy into the fact that, you know what, I have a good shot, but, hey, you know, Alex has got a great shot. I'm going to swing one more. That's when we're at our best. I mean, it, it sounds cheesy, it sounds cliche, but, um, this this group these last couple of years um, have really have really owned that, and mm-hmm. you know, at our, look at our stat sheet and our box scores throughout the seasons. You know, you'd see on any given night we would have a different high score. You know, we did yeah. it, it wasn't the same guy every time, and so it makes a lot of fun. But it also, you know, I think it can make defenses work a little harder if you have multiple guys that are willing to work for the best shot possible, and that's and that's kind of what has led, I think, to the success over the last two years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, just kind of following you guys from, you know, a little bit afar. Obviously, I'm, you're the Twitter king, as uh, Coach Pittner always says. I'm the, tw- 
I'm the Twitter king of for D League. But. <laughs> you, I, I, you got some skills, man. I'll be honest. You're very talented. I, I wish I had some of that because I really, I, I can think for days and I can't come up with anything. And D League's always got something out there better than mine. So it's hard. <laughs> uh, hey, I'll do some contract work for Coach Sykes. Let him know. Yeah, we'll see if we can set something up, man. <laughs> Hey, there you go. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just the, the fact that you've got so many dudes that, uh, like you said, you don't have to rely on one or two guys. I mean, it's, it's super impressive. And I think the thing that is probably most impressive, and I would love to be at some practices, but I can't even imagine how competitive those are with some of the talent that you have that, you know, they might not get a lot of playing time, just because they're younger guys right now, but they're really, really good, you know? So the guy one, the guy 15, they're probably pretty solid all the way across. Just super competitive, I'm sure. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's something we you know, talk about things you can control and things you can't control. You know, we yeah. can't control shots don't go in every single time, right? right. You know, but we can't control uh, being competitive every day in practice. Coach Dykes does a great job as far as, it's an open slate every year, and if we have five sophomores who started the year before, the next season, that, that, it's open game. And if we have five guys come in that outplay and outwork and prove that they deserve that spot, you know, it, it's theirs. And that competitive market, it, it's what prepares you for the competition of the G-Pack in the national tournament. Yeah. It's so hard to, to try to emulate what some of those games are like when you're playing, you know, when you're, when you're playing at Dakota Western or Briar Clifton, you know, it, it's a, it's a packed house and you've got all American. Um, yeah, it's really hard to prepare for that intensity, that speed, if you're not going as hard as you physically can in practice every day. And truthfully for our young guys, as you mentioned our young guys, the ones who are really successful for us are the ones that kind of figured out early where our practices should be like their games. They need to be mm-hmm. being pushed so hard that they're so forced to be uncomfortable. They're yeah. forced to grow because many of them are coming out of high school where they're the top one or two players in their program and, and, and everything comes pretty easy to them. It's a game, all that stuff. And, you know, small college, all the way to, you know, your, your, high, your, your highest levels, um, it's just different. The, 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 the size of the guy that's guarding you, the speed of the game, how quickly you got to make your, uh, you know, decisions. All that stuff, all that stuff is so, is so different. And so the young guys who have been successful in our programs are the ones who recognize that early. And they don't get caught up in, I have to play or I'm a, I'm a failure. It's the guys that every day just kind of get a little bit better, start figuring out our culture, figuring out our system, um, and ultimately just work their way into that lineup just through that consistent effort and through being you know pushed out of their comfort zone for that full first year or so. Yeah, I mean, and just to learn, and this is <clears throat> kind of hitting on like the couple of teams that I were able to coach this weekend. Gosh, how do you get kids to compete a hundred percent of the time? And and I think the kids that come into your program, any program, um, have that figured out. You know that they know that hey, I you know I have to go a hundred percent and compete and play tough and that's how I'm going to work my way like you said work your way into the lineup it's not it's, I mean, it's not easy but you know at, at the college level we're probably in a little bit more fortunate spot where you know we are getting multiple kids from different areas that were all very um, good and many of those mm-hmm. they were talented and they were, they were good kids and good athletes because of how hard they worked and, and they already have that kind of built in them right. and then find is that if guys you know if you don't if you don't bring every day you really have a hard time just making it because 
Yeah. And, you know, the amount of hours that are needed to put in in order to be successful, it, it trumps everything. You really, you really sacrifice a lot as a, as a student athlete. Granted, it's, you know, you don't think of it as a sacrifice because it's such a, it's such a blast and it's a total blessing. But the right, one thing right. you need to give up in time is one of them, um, in order to be successful. And that's, you know, that's something we talk about with our guys. Um, you know, what do you, what do you want this season to look like? What do you want, you know, talk to every one of my players. What do you, what are your expectations? What are some goals that you have as a player? Because if I'm going to push you, if we're going to push you like you should be pushed, there shouldn't be any kickback. There shouldn't be any, you know, rolling of the eyes or right. hand up hits, that sort of deal. It should just be go time. And yep. um, they should be, you know, thriving off that and pushed accordingly. So we're, it, it's fortunate because if, if a guy doesn't do it, someone kind of next guy up, he, he steps in. So it's a little different. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it, if you make it an expectation and you make it part of your culture to where you really don't need to address it, you know, and, and our, our captains can kind of take care of that. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, we try to challenge our older guys to have conversations with younger guys. If, if there's a talented young kid who's maybe not going as far as he can, I love for our captains to be the first one to engage. And if it continues, then, you know, then coach and I really take care of it. But yeah. that, you know, having, having like a little bit of a player run team, um, I think there's some power in that. Right. Absolutely. And that's one thing just from, you know, the memories I have of playing is, and I, I think it's a more inside thing. It could be a, you know, an every school thing, but I, I, I truly feel it's, it's a, you know, a morning side thing as far as, Hey, let's get in the gym and let's go at it and you have to compete and show up and work hard and um, you know, just to kind of buy into that culture and uh, it, it just where, you know, it, it rubs off on everybody else. Like I said, I might have to come watch a couple practices this upcoming season. Well, yeah, actually we're, we're talking about, you know, when we have our alumni tournament here in September, um, actually having uh, a late practice open to our former players and, parents of those players, people that want to come out and see a practice, um, just actually having one open to the public because Coach Like doesn't typically open them up, um, mm-hmm. you know, unless it's for someone, recruiter or someone, you know, somewhere along those lines, but um, right. obviously anytime you'd like to come, but I know we are talking about doing something like that. That'd be cool, man. I'm in. I'll be there. Taking notes. What's cool. Coach Miller saying? <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last thing on 2018-2019 season, um, obviously, like I said earlier, Elite Eight National Tournament run is pretty impressive. With, with your guys being as successful, was it a back-to-back Elite Eights last two years? It, it was. We had some young guys. You had some young guys two years ago. I think we started in you know, a four-soft and a freshman. Yeah. Um, or maybe a junior three soft and a freshman, yeah. um, and, and kind of surprised some people got the conference and then um, maybe got some upsets and got to the elite eight, um, lost Indiana Wesson and went on to to win the title. Um, oh and yeah, then, that's um, right. Program. Um, yeah. And then last year, having those same guys return, you know, get get into that elite eight and ultimately just falling a little short to a good college Idaho team by three. Yeah. Um, right. So you know, you talk about motivation and competition um i mean i would be lying if i said i didn't remind some of my best players uh you know those scores when we're doing workouts or something like that if we're going a little bit slower than we need to be as hard as we can um right yeah so i mean obviously if you looking looking back at it now two tremendously successful years but were you guys a little disappointed or are you guys kind of proud of it what's what's your thought on that no i just you know i I, I think you got to look and just remember how, remember how fortunate we are to be there. And there's a lot of things yeah. 
there's a lot of things that, that have to happen in order for you to make a you know make a couple runs like that. And you know, there's there's injuries that can change a season. Yep. You know, there's different things that can happen, and we were fortunate not to have, not to have to go through any of that. If you ask my guys, you know, I think they had a ton of fun that first time um, because a lot of them had been to the national tournament, and then yeah. second time, I, I think there was in the locker room, like there was this uh, this this gut. Just yeah. a little bit, of, a little bit of disappointment, just thinking, you know, a few different plays go all the way, and it's it's a different ball game. And yeah. uh, they yeah. College Idaho runs a runs a runs a, runs a great uh, two three. They really extended their active, and uh, we kind of came out the first couple possessions and didn't have any issues, and then we just kind of got stagnant and mm-hmm. play our best basketball and dug a little bit of a hole in the first half, and then came back in the second half and you know tied it up, got back and forth, and then. Um, Gosh, they made some shots. They made some tough shots late and pulled away by three. And it's it's one that I know they definitely think about. And sure. uh, it, you know, the heartbreaker for our seniors and Pierce Allman and Brody Edgar and Anderson and Denny. But you know, I think on the flip side of that, there is a tremendous amount of pride from those guys. Just kind of seeing that program continue to to build on you know the past you know that past season. And so I definitely a long answer to that again. Uh, <laughs> You're doing good. Buddy. I mean, there there is. There is. I, I don't mean to get too lengthy, but I, I love this stuff. But yeah, there was. There was. There's definitely some of both. There's always some pride. I mean, we recognize how fortunate we are. But uh, but shoot, you know, like any competitor, you got some fire those, those next few months. Right. Motiv- motivation. So speaking on that, obviously summer, uh, heat of the summer, literally. What's what are the what are the boys doing? Are they? Uh, uh, having some successful summer workouts, uh, give a give a little yeah, bit of an yeah. insight. Yeah, give a little bit of an insight uh, on kind of what you guys are doing right now. For sure, our summer stuff. The guys just kind of take it and run with it, and we've been fortunate to have some really really good captains and some leaders in our program and continuing our program. And you know, our guys now are are really taking taking by the reins and putting in some time every morning. And you know, they've been traveling to. Omaha playing in some summer league games, going against other college guys and players who play overseas, and you know the whole the UNL and the Nebraska guy. I mean, whoever's available and get some runs in. So for the guys who maybe don't have as much varsity experience, it's, it's an opportunity for them to to get some full speed action running our system and you know our stuff. But it's been it's been great. I'm really excited to see, and I know they're very excited to get you know to get rolling here this fall. But I'm just I'm just thrilled. Um, the basketball stuff is, is is going well, but buying in the weight room is is also big. When that's big, it, it just helps tremendously. I mean, just yeah. one you know point guard through center, just that ability to to handle contact and mm-hmm. the injury injury prevention stuff that you know Coach Jung, our head strength and conditioning guy, the injury prevention stuff that he does is is just huge, and it's changed our guys' mindset from being able to just kind of show up and run to you know what, putting in the right preparation and, and treating your body right and how that, you know, with the grind of the season, how, you know, if you do those things, how much better you can be at the end of it, you know, because mm-hmm. you get, but when you get to the conference and the conference tournament, the national tournaments here, everybody's banged up, you know, everybody, everybody's there. So if you take care of your body early, you know, you got to, you got a chance to keep playing. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have an idea we have? We have most, I mean, I, I would say most of the guys in our program are around in some capacity okay. and have made it a priority to put in time this summer. And, and that's going to be the case with any program. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm biased because I know our, I know our stuff and I know that if they, if they make that a priority that their game is going to grow in some capacity. So right. that's, a, that's a good thing for us. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as a player, there's nothing better in the summers, right? As a player, because, I mean, take the basketball out of it. I love the fact that our guys are around um, just because, you know, chemistry is such a big deal to us and yeah. a foundational piece for our success. And you're around them all the time. You're around these guys. I mean, you're growing out, you're watching the NBA playoffs, you're talking about the craziness that the NBA free agency is doing right now. Yeah. Some guys are working are working maintenance and they got their own stories and I got other guys working at, at Hoo Hot or, you know, we were at Red Robin and um, just the, the camaraderie and the time spent outside the basketball court together um, I think is huge. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So on kind of the summer summer workouts, um, what you guys do in the summer, in your opinion, Coach, what do you feel is more important, that getting the time in the weight room or uh, is the one-on-one individual skill work or, or small group skill work, is that more important? What are your thoughts? Uh, it, it really depends on the guy, Mitch. I've had players in the past who um, physically were, were ready to go and compete at a high level. They, you know, they... They're not they moved out their spot. They're able to stand three guys uh, offensively handling, you know, handling contact and finishing through contact. And, and you know how things are called. It's a little different in college, and sometimes they let you play a little bit more. So, you know, mm-hmm. we've also had guys who are extremely skilled, but they weren't able to execute or really take advantage of that skill because um, guys were kind of able to maybe not push them, but but get them off of their spot and, you know, make them work from, from tougher areas and um, the contact would bother them. And uh, obviously fatigue, you know, if you got a, um, a guy who's not physically ready for that 40 minute game or that long season, by the end of it, they're, you know, and they're a player, they're going to get kind of beat up a little bit. So yeah, I think they're both valuable. I do think it's a lot of it um, on the individual. Um, I know we put a big emphasis on our strength training in the summer because we're not, we're not competing um, every single day as far as in a game or practice setting. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, when we get when we get in season, we will do some in season lifting, but it's almost we're trying to maintain because right. how it is. You you drop a quick fifteen pounds in basketball season without without even trying. Just the amount of miles you put on your legs and the way you run it. Um, so we do have a big emphasis on that. We try to try to get some weight on our guys and um, add some, you know, explosiveness things like that in the summer. Um, because ultimately you have more time. There's no, there's yeah. more there's no classes, you know, so you have time. And, and with that, I would argue that you have time to, to put in good work in the weight room and then you also have time to, to get in skill work. And, and that's, and that's different. I, I, high school kids might have different restraints or time restrictions and things like that. But as far as which one's more important, man, they're both, they're both so important, but it just, it really depends on, depends on the guy. And, I agree with that. Yeah, you know that's kind of how we look at. But but we probably, from a skill development standpoint, we probably do. We would probably do less. I don't. I'm not too familiar with impact. Um, mm-hmm. But we're we're working a lot of straight line drives. You know, set shots, pull ups. But we will hit some one on ones. We want our guys to be able to create, you know, create their own shots and all of that. But the the three or four counters with the shot clock, you might not be as efficient. And you know, if one guy's handling the ball for that long, the defense kind of gets the to lock in, and um, with the guys that we've had, we just haven't had a ton of success there. So I, I know our, our development's probably a little bit different than than theirs, and so it just kind of depends on not on the program. Yeah, yeah, that's a good answer, and I, I agree with <laughs> well, that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, I agree with that. I think every kid's a little different, and you got to figure out, you know, really kind of what they're more or less what their weakness is and then work towards that so well hey going into next year what's the expectation for next year you're returning 
quite a few starters. We hit on that a little bit, and uh, I would assume high expectations, just knowing you and coach. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 our expectations are are going to stay with the world the past season and we'll try it. And anytime that we put on a jersey, it, it's it's high. And we are fortunate enough to return a number of guys. With that being said, we have some young guys in the mix and guys who put in their time a little bit that are, are definitely you know everyone's fighting for a chance to you know to showcase and. Um, represent on the floor so it's going to be a competitive preseason off season like it's been already um, as ever um, which is a mm-hmm. ton of fun yeah like I said we are fortunate to bring uh, Tyler Borchers back you know an All-American and yeah. uh, Zach Emega honorable mention All-American uh, Borchers same deal you know, Matt Hahn all those guys that started then all conference guys Trey Brown um, the big guy off the bench for us is, you know is returning um, but that being said you know, uh, if you look around the conference, every team is is in a position to be pretty darn pretty darn tough. Um, and yeah. They're going to be extremely competitive, and they've brought new pieces in, or you know, they've got young guys who were maybe just a couple I don't know a couple reads away from being that next level. That mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just going to assume are going to be there. So the G pack is going to be as good as ever. And with high expectations, if that gets into our heads early, um, thinking that we are owed anything or we're entitled to any wins, um, we'll be in trouble early. Right. So I'm, I'm excited to see how my older guys and my captains handle this because you look at some of those great teams that have had continued success and it's not about it's not about last year, it's not about what you did this, you know, the season before, all the things you got done. It's a new year. Everybody's zero, everyone's zero, zero, everybody wants a conference title, everybody wants to get the national tournament, win a national title. So, mm-hmm. you know, how are we going to be different than last year? How are we going to get past the eight? Right. Yeah. Got to be better. So, it's, um, we have high expectations. We're excited. Um, but we also know that if we don't handle this the right way, which be in for a very long year. Yeah. And that's, you know, when, when you have elite players like you do, um, I'll call him Little Borch because that's what he is to me, but. He's actually, he's actually much bigger, Borch. <laughs> don't say it to Brian. He'll probably say that. But yeah, when you've got you know players of that caliber, I mean, you know, the the focus is probably the the mental aspect of it is probably the biggest battle that your guys will, will fight this year. Would would be my guess. You know, we talked. Coach Sykes did a really good job talking about that, and it's going to be tough. To, it's going to be tough to win games if you, I guess, can't you know get out of your own way and it's yeah. weird. We've got these thoughts going into games. It's going to be tough to get anything done. So, yeah, you're, I mean, you're exactly right. And fortunately, a lot of those guys have walked a ton of minutes at the varsity level. So they, they have some experience. takes a few different guys. And it, it, an injury, or it, it doesn't take much to, to change, you know, circumstances. So everybody's got to be ready to contribute at the highest level. And like I said, if, if any entitlement shows itself, it, it's game over. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I'll be rooting for you guys, and I uh, will be. I appreciate look- it, man. <laughs> looking for your success, of course. So you're a part of this, dude. I every you know all those guys that put that time in. It just it really matters, and we talk to our guys a lot about that. Just plan for something bigger than yourself, and recognizing people over there before you. And yeah, we're just we're excited, we're fortunate that you did. Yeah, you're a part of that, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I don't know how much, but. 
Uh, it, it definitely was obviously a big part of my life. And I'll continue to say the, you know, the reason that I can get up and go to work every day was because I played college basketball. And at Morningside, I, I feel like uh, that was one of the biggest things I ever learned was, hey, it's another day. You got to get up and get to work. I uh, I know yeah. that it's it's even if not the same as it was when I was there, it's even more focused. So. Well, certainly trying we're trying to trying to build on that but like you said i mean it's, it's about it's about something bigger you know 95 percent of our guys um they don't they're not playing after this they get four years and we're not going we're not entering the lottery you know we're mm-hmm. not that guy that you know get contracts overseas and that, that's great but ultimately it's how can we use the things that we learn to be better men in the work field be better husband be better dad you know what i'm saying be contributing citizen and not just not just orcs, you know, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's bigger. And I, I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. I think that the, being able to compete at a, at a small college and, and have those experiences is pretty awesome. All right, Coach. So uh, you do the majority of the recruiting for Morningside, right? Uh, you know, I, I, I probably, I, I certainly want to say a majority. Coach Sykes is, is involved heavily just from a planning and, and strategic. There's probably, I'm probably sent to a few different places where yeah. he, He's more back on the home front, talking to guys mm-hmm. uh, on campus from there, and you know that sort of thing. But I, I probably get to go out more teams and more more kids play through the age yeah. and any high school circuits or you know tournaments. Okay, so on that, as you go out to tournaments and you go out and, and recruit and kind of dive down in the in the weeds with these players, what are some of the check marks that you go? All right, these are the, you know, whether it's four, five, six, however many things, these are the things that I'm looking for. I'm always curious to see kind of what college coaches are thinking. Um, when I spend a summer with a kid or, a, a, well, a lot of kids, um, you know, I go, gosh, it's really, <laughs> it's really good, um, you know, and I just want to know, dive into your brain a little bit, kind of what you're looking for when you go out and, and hit the streets. Yeah. Well, you know, right out, right out of the gate, if I don't know anything about a kid and I'm watching a game, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, the stuff that has nothing to do with athleticism. I'm looking at your body language, your attitude. Can you communicate effectively? Are you competing as hard as you should every single possession? Because uh, unfortunately there's not a lot of, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of people doing it the right way. There's there's also people that don't do those things. And for me, if you don't do the the stuff that takes no athletic ability, it's going to be really hard for me to lean on you as a player. You know, when push comes to shove, and we got to get a stop, and you have to communicate, and you've got to do things the right way, or you know, you get a tough call. You know, officials never make a bad call, but in the event that they did, how do you handle that? Are you going to call, are you going to cost with the technical? Are you going to? I mean, those sort of things. Um, I can evaluate just like that. You know, that takes yeah. that takes five minutes of watching a kid play mm-hmm. before I'll either, I'll either move on to the next one or, you know, you got my attention. So yeah, that's probably the first stuff I'm looking for. Nice, nice. I like that. So then, uh, from from there, then what does it break down to? Do you go okay? We are always looking for, you know, every class we need three bigs and six guards or, you know, is there a certain number that you're looking for? Um, you know, we, yeah, I think um, in a perfect world, you're like, okay, I got to get, I got to get a one, a two, a three, four, five. Right. A couple guys that could mix it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but, but the reality is, is classes are different. And really what we want is we just want kids that are going to be successful in our system. And early, I, you know, I'm probably thinking, man, every kid should come to Morningside is the best fit for everybody. Yeah. Um, I have a bias there because it was, it was a great experience for me. 
Absolutely. But I also have a friend, you know, I have friends and former teammates that, you know what, it wasn't the perfect fit for them, and, and that's okay. Ultimately, when I'm looking, I'm trying to find kids that I think, you know what, if, if they come up and they experience it with how they are as a player, you know, what their coaches say about them. I also love to call coaches that they play against in high school and see what they have to say. And if, you know, they're checking all these boxes, that they're doing what they're supposed to do, man, we hate competing against this kid. He goes so hard. He pushes, he pushes our best players. You know, he's doing all this stuff great. You know, then I, you know, then I can go from there and say, okay, you're going to be, you got a shot to be successful. You got a shot to thrive in our, in our culture because it, it's going to be a fit. And ultimately, you know, it's got to be their decision. And obviously they got to feel that too. But mm-hmm. if, if there are some things that don't align with our culture right away, it's going to be hard for that kid to, to make huge changes. Some changes are easily made, and we have players who have grown, leaps and bounds, and we take a lot of pride on that. But yeah. um, you know what I mean. There's just, mm-hmm. there's just some things that you can't, you can't force, and if it's either there or, if it's, you know, or it's not. One of those things being... Do I make anybody on the court better when I play? You know, you know this is you know this is uh, this is my my mo or like as a, as a pass first point guard, which I guess <laughs> I was because I we all hey, we all know you can't make threes, man. Because I can't shoot it. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> right. So I had to find other ways to get through it. So I don't recruit guys like me because I couldn't shoot, obviously. So I, I, we love to have shooters. We think that's important, um, <laughs> right? But that being said. I mean, if you can shoot the ball a little bit, what else are you doing in order for your teammates to be successful? Right. You know, yeah. Those those are the guys that are really really fun because if you play in a in a selfless program where you're looking for the best shot every time, if you get a group of guys like that who are willing to serve each other and um, they don't care who makes it as long as they, you know they get the best shot, it's it's a ball. So when I'm yep. watching games, yeah, a kid might be able to go out and get thirty, but if he's taking twenty six shots to do it, that's hard for me because I don't think that's going to translate really well yeah. into our into our system. Right. Now, I love the kid who, you know, could, could go out and get 30, but in, instead of getting to a spot and forcing a jumper over two guys, he's, he's able to find and make the correct read to the open kid. And even if that shot doesn't go in, for me, it's a win because I know the kid made the right play. Yep. So then it's my job to be, you know, to put people around him that are going to finish those plays, that are going to make those shots. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, that, so that, for me, is a, is a really big one. Right. And that that's something that, uh, you know, when I'm coaching my teams, I preach on and it's, you know, hey, I always say, hey, go make your teammates look good. You know, do yeah, do the things, definitely. do the things that, that you don't necessarily want to. But, hey, your your homie's going to look good because you just made a wide open three because you set a great screen, you know, or whatever the exactly, case. Exactly. Exactly. Who's willing to go hit, you know, find a body and head on? Who's willing to crash and tip a ball out for a kid to get another shot? Those guys, they separate themselves, and they usually come with a motor that you don't have to coach. Um, mm-hmm. yep. and that's, that's a good, that's a good find. So, I, I you know we love that stuff. Um, I, I mentioned the shooting. Uh, we do think it's important that if you're going to play on the perimeter, you got to be able to be able to shoot the basketball efficiently. Um, mm-hmm. I don't need you to make 50% of your threes, but we need you to be able to be comfortable enough to, to knock it down where guys have to guard you and you can extend the floor. And then, you know, I, and lastly, I, defensively, and this is hard in AAU. Um, yeah. So I can talk to your kids, how do you want to separate yourself? I, I love watching kids guard, and yeah. I love them. I love seeing them communicate. I love seeing them, you know, down in the stance the whole time and taking a ton of pride in not letting the kids score or letting the kid get in position or go around. You can really separate yourself just by doing that stuff and, and really working on that end. 
but I, you know, again, I I love I love the passing push, and I love I love defense. And Coach Sykes, <laughs> you know, it's a big thing in our philosophy: playing, playing in an aggressive man-to-man. Um, if you can't keep a guy in front of you, and we can't trust you to be in the right spot, or you know, if you're not going to take a charge or do these things, it's going to be hard for you to to play significantly within our within our program. And so, yeah, those are some definite things that we're we're looking for. Now, if you can if you can take those traits and if you can find kids that will also do extremely well in the classroom and represent us off the floor, I, you know, that's a jackpot. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that was, uh, I just brought this out in practice a week ago. One of the things that I remember is, uh, you know, as you're a player for a program, there's a few rules. Don't embarrass yourself, your parents, or your team or program. You know, that's just a huge thing. You know, if you can go get good, solid dudes that are, yes, obviously great basketball players, but as we said before, that will develop into great young men. I mean, that's that's a win-win-win. Yeah, totally. And you know, we, Mitch, we've you know we've been in, we've been down there. We we know the reality, and we've all made. And, and kids, coaches, everyone, you know, we'll make mistakes. And of course, there's going to be a time when we might, you know, we might embarrass our team. We might embarrass, you know. But uh, how can we how can we prepare so those mistakes don't happen very often? And then, be how do we handle those situations when it does? And you know own it with responsibility and then, you know, learn and go from it. And yeah, you know, kids that kids that can handle that and take ownership when they do mess up, that I'll take that every day of the week and then a kid who, who screws up and is instantly pointing fingers and looking for someone else to fall. So yeah, I mean yeah, we'd love to we'd love to say don't you know, don't embarrass anybody, don't your teammates, your you know, your family, obviously, you know, the program, but uh, the reality is is you everyone's everyone's falling at some point and so how do we, how do we handle that when when it does happen and how do we prepare so it doesn't happen as often is, is huge. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, on that, Coach, uh, Coach Sykes, from, from our conversations, uh, Trent, Coach Sykes, it gives you, you know, freedom, really, to kind of go after whoever you think is best fit for the program. Does he have, you know, kind of uh, some some dudes that he wants you to go try to get? Or do you start that and say, hey, Coach, here's – you know, five, six guys I think we really could use, and then you kind of narrow it down. What's kind of the thought process as far as that goes? Yeah, so we, you know, we take, we'll take uh, the pool of information that we have, either from past AAU events, um, school, box scores, talking with different coaches, and, you know, we'll, we'll put together a, a group of student-athletes that we think might be might be a fit, and then, yeah, Coach Sykes and I will we'll work together to shorten that list, um, to prioritize different targets and talk about why, you know, why we think they'll be successful. And, um, then we just coordinate how to go about introducing them to, to what we've got going on. You know, coach, I, I coach did a really nice job. He did it, you know, for me as a player and now as a coach, he just, you know, he'll empower guys to, to go and make decisions. And, you know, there's been times where I've gotten really excited about a film and ran into him and said, Hey, this kid could be, pretty darn special and I'll go and watch him and the kid is the the, the last thing that I would think would be a perfect fit for our program it just doesn't <laughs> help at all with what, we, what we've got going on and so yeah. you kind of you kind of learn from that but he's but for him to give me the, the freedom to go and, and you know go and recruit go and look at different different you know kids that catch my eye for whatever reason um has been great and then just the it's just a continual, continual conversation through through meetings or texts or on the road, whatever the case may be, just so everyone's on, you know, we're all on the same page. You know, by the end of it, he's 
we've got it we've got it kind of narrowed down hopefully uh, if there's guys that come onto that list even you know even better and we mm-hmm. just we just kind of we battle for them we uh, we try to show them what we're about and we hope to let our players and our culture and the great people at Morningside that you know from the athletic department to the admissions people to uh, you know Wendy and Cheryl the hyper just the people I absolutely love at our rec center you, you know let them do the selling and mm-hmm. just you know, have, have the student feel for himself and have the student athlete see if it's going to be a fit or not um, because if, if they force it and they try to come to morning play just because of basketball it, it could be a tough deal because there's just a lot more to college than, than that sport you know what I mean yep 100% yeah all right, Coach. Well, hey, let's let's finish this off with a few Q's and A's here, a few question and answers, uh, rapid fire. I'll give you a rebuttal too. So, what is or what was your favorite part about playing uh, for the Mustangs? Yeah, hands down, just uh, just competing with some of my best friends for four years, um, and just having an absolute ball doing it, from winning big games to. The stupid stuff that happens, whether it's, you know, me airballing a, you know, floater from 10 feet by, you know, missing the poop by 8 feet, because uh, the <laughs> came over in the lane and the guy like 12 feet tall and I, my depth perception was off and, you know, people making fun of you for that or, you know, at the time, you know, my brother checks into the game and, you know, he, he, he goes and fires one and it's not close or he, you know, he drops a lot of bounds and he's a, he's a freshman, he's a young guy and all the older guys are looking at him like, you gotta be kidding me and <laughs> just sweating profusely, you know. Um, actually, if I, if I want to say a favorite plane, I think about the time I gave Daniel Dean, you know, probably one of the best players to come through the program. Um, I gave him a really, really bad pass and it hit him in the shin and he actually fell over and, uh, broke his tooth on the court. Um, <laughs> Which is funny now to look back, and but at the time I uh, I was ready to just give up my jersey to get Danny back up the floor. But yeah. I just think of the dumb, you know, just the just the dumb things that throughout the season, the things that you can laugh at. I mean, you're you're competing it so hard, you're locked in mentally and physically all the time that there are points where stuff happens and you just gotta stop and be like, I can't believe that just occurred. And uh, you know, there was just a ton of those moments and sitting on this podcast with you and uh you know every time we get the alumni back hearing those stories and you know maybe Sykes kicking a basketball every now and then <laughs> you know, storm you know storm throwing diving over the line you can't make it to condition and i just I, you know there's just a ton of a ton of stuff that we uh, we laugh about and that as a player i mean that that to me is the most fun as a player um competing at a very high level having high expectations and then but also just just the, the people and the relationships you get out of it. Yeah, yeah. And when you, you know, when you compete at that level for, like you said, for four years, day in, day out, I mean, you develop friendships for life, you know, so. Exactly, exactly. All right, Mitch, what was your favorite thing about playing for Morningside? Well, I mean, geez, you took like every single one of mine, but um, no. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just I've always been from the day I was born, just a, a competitor. So just getting, having the opportunity to compete, doing, you know, something I love day in, day out is something I'll always cherish. But yeah, I mean, the memories, the memories, um, basketball wise, uh, honestly, probably the coolest thing that that happened while I was there was, well, I mean, other than 
making the national tournament a couple of times when I was, you know, the younger, younger part of the program, but it was when G hit that game winner against Dort and oh, yeah. the biggest dog pile ever. I, I don't even remember what I happened. Heard around the world. <laughs> uh, and if anybody would know G Garth Hamilton, uh, I mean, he's just the most relaxed person in the world. And so, uh, it was just yeah, yeah. Garth, if you're listening, man, uh, put down the basketball. I know you're getting shots up right now, so you know, <laughs> hey, put it down for a second. Just good to see you again, and you know, we're thrilled that you're listening. Oh my gosh, yeah. Shout out G. No, that was awesome. So, all right, next question here. Uh, so, uh, what was obviously we were teammates for two years. Um, you know, absolutely. you you were and you were pretty special obviously uh, and and one of the main reasons why I say that is not necessarily how you competed on the floor or you know how skilled you were or any of that type of stuff but the way that you lead and it and it obviously carries on today but um you know the way that you lead being a captain for 3 years so being being a captain uh you know as a sophomore I was a senior so we we had a lot of we had a lot of ups and downs we had a lot of struggles honestly while we were playing together and um a a lot of times that hey we had to we had to figure it out thankfully sometimes we did so yeah what was what was your favorite part about playing with me i'm even kind of scared to ask that oh shoot I just, there's there are too many um you know outside of basketball i we could be in the same room for more than five minutes without someone messing and making <laughs> fun of something else and you know i always just really like i really appreciated that like i love people that love being around the game, that wanted to compete, but also, you know what, these are my guys, these are, you know, this is what we're about, and we're going to try to do things right, and like you said, you know, we had some weird things go down with injuries and people not able to, you know, not able to play, and so we did, we had the, we had some adversity, um, mm-hmm. I think my favorite moment, honestly, was uh, that BC game, when uh, you and I ran that high ball screen about seven possessions in a row, and every time. Uh, I got both defenders, and I just kind of flipped it back to you. And I think you made five in a row. And then I think on that on that fifth or sixth one, you might have waved to Briarcliff in their stand uh, <laughs> in a packed house. And I just, I you know, that was those games and that environment and just stuff like that. I think you had these really cool John Wall uh, rezigs on. Uh, <laughs> but I'll never forget it. I'll never, I was an absolute ball. And yeah. I just did not understand why, uh, you know, they kept doubling me. I certainly wasn't going to shoot it. Um, so I think there was a miscommunication on their end. And you just kept banging them. So that was a, that was a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. That was a good little stretch. Probably the best two minutes of my life, obviously. But from a, ba- from, from a basketball standpoint. But it's good stuff. <laughs> All right, Mitch, what was your favorite memory of playing with me? Other than the fact, like you had said, I mean, and I kind of hit on it earlier, you're you're an impressive individual, whether anybody wants to actually tell you that or not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, thanks, man. But uh, as far as uh, on the basketball floor, so here we are, you're brand new player, freshman, uh, ready, eager, excited to get in the game. And we're probably, I don't know, five, six games into the season. And coach uh, says, Trent, go. Trent gets up, sprints to the scorer's table, whips his warm-up off. No jersey. Forgot his jersey in the locker room. So 
Um, I look at. I appreciate uh, you bringing this up. <laughs> I had to. I look at uh, one of our co- assistant coaches, Coach Schmidt, and we're everybody's just like, "What the heck is he doing?" And so, uh, uh, Javi, our our boy Joel Hovman, got a few few minutes on, uh, during that game because you forgot your jersey. So then you sprinted back to the locker room, and it was locked, wasn't it? It was. It was. Uh, it was completely locked. And uh, you know what was tough about that? You know, not only did I not have my have my jersey on, is when I ran to the locker room, I found that it was locked, and I had to run in front of everybody. So then I had to run all the way back. <laughs> got back to the bench, and when I talked to uh, our assistant coaches and told them it was locked and asked for the key, they didn't have a key. So I had to sit back down in my spot without my jersey. And to this day, I've never touched that space. That seen a red before. Uh, I was in a tough spot, and then finally, uh, I think it might have been an AD for them or some administrator um, walked down and asked if I needed to get in the locker room. And then he proceeded to walk me <laughs> in place. Uh, he walked me to the locker room, and there, hanging hang in my locker was my jersey. I used to do a thing where I wouldn't put my jersey on until the second part of warm ups would come in at eight minutes. I'd throw it back on. Yep. We'd go out. Um, after that day, and to this day, uh, you know, I check to make sure I have a shirt on every time I go coach <laughs> or do anything on a basketball floor. So that's pretty much ruined me for life. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was hard to explain that one to Coach Sykes, you know, and uh, the staff the next day. And there was probably a, a couple of weeks where I, I probably didn't see the floor as much. Um, <laughs> but I certainly learned from it, and I was better because of it. Uh, there you go. I think, maybe, I don't know. Listen, it was just bad. But everyone else gets to bring it up and make fun of me, so I, I think it makes them better, so I'll take it. <laughs> uh, like you said, I think you you learned from it, and you definitely learned, hey, if I'm going to uh, play, I better just keep my jersey on the entire time. So. I mean, usually that's step one. A lot of guys get that figured out prior to making this mistake, but I had to, had to learn it the hard way, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was that was tough. But uh, Joel got in there and did his thing. So I mean, yeah. no, no hard, no foul. You know, luckily we got guys that can play. Next guy up, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, man. Last one. Um, hit a little bit about on you know coaching at the college level. It's it's obviously um, what I think you were probably born to do. What is your favorite part about coaching at the college level? Well, you know, I. Uh, I went to the church prior, you know, the college ministry, and I love this age of, of people. Um, I just think, you know, for the first time in your life, as a college person, you're, you're away from home, you're on your own, you've got to make decisions. Um, there's a lot of influences and, you know, a lot of things fighting for your attention. And it can be a place where, you know, you can, you can really thrive or you can feel very isolated. And, you know, one of my favorite things about coaching at Morningside is having lived that and, and, mm-hmm you know, been in the same situation as all of my guys and being able to relate with them and walk with them. You know, we've had a number of guys come to Christ, get baptized. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. huge steps um, for like personal growth and those relationships and I don't want to get too deep on it, but that stuff for me is, is the best thing in the world. I yeah. mean, uh, when I see when I see the light bulb go on for a guy who is putting the time in but just can't get that work to, you know, translate to the floor and they start figuring things out and watching film and starting to see things and, and put into action you know that is super rewarding when I see guys who are making really good decisions for themselves um, in their personal life and 
mm-hmm. I'm comfortable enough talking to Coach Sykes and I about any you know, questions or things they've got going on. That's that's the best. You know, I uh, I think there were times where um, I might I, you know I could have used that earlier. Uh, sure. That if, so just just trying to be a part, you know, and be fortunate enough to maybe influence you know some people who are going to do some pretty darn big things down the road. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're obviously doing a tremendous job, but you also have the ability and the platform to, like you said, you know, really be a positive influence in in somebody's life and can lead them, you know, potentially lead them in a direction where it could be truly life changing. And so now, man, I'm looking forward to seeing your successes in the future. We've a lot of them coming for you, I think. So it's uh, it'll be exciting time, man. No, man. I uh, I appreciate you having me mention it's uh, it's awesome to see you know what you and Tim have done uh, with the D League and how that's expanded. And you know I love I love being able to call you and, and have a firsthand look at some of the players that have gone through your program and you know the things that you guys are doing there from a development standpoint. You know putting them you know putting the players first and not getting tied up in um, what could be the circus of AU or the, the, sure. other, the other stuff going on and just keeping it, you know, for the basketball and for their personal growth. I think that's, that's awesome. And it happens, it does happen in other places, but there's, as you know, there's some places where that's maybe not the priority and it is what it is. Um, so I appreciate you having me on, man. And of, of course, always will be in touch and excited to see that thing keep growing. And, and we're, I think we're going out to Northeast to, to get to our uh, JV game, you know, going on this year. So we'll definitely have to see you out in Norfolk. Absolutely, man. I'll be there. I'll be there. So, but no, man, thanks. Thanks for coming on. I know uh, it took probably an hour of your day. So you got some little babies to get to and, and some dad, dad life to be. So, uh, I'll let you go. (laughs) I'll let you go and, uh, hopefully we'll get you on. Maybe I'll try to get you on during the season. We'll give a little update on how you're doing. So, yeah, we'd be happy anytime, man. Anytime you need anything, I'll push you mission. All right, brother. Hey, who them stangs, man? Who them? That's right. All right, brother. We'll talk to you later, man. That was just a, an awesome conversation with Coach Miller of, of the Morningside Mustangs. I uh, really appreciate him coming on and taking the time to uh, go over some of his philosophies, some of the Mustangs' philosophies, uh, how he recruits a little bit. So, again, really appreciate him coming on. A little recap on last weekend, OSA Freedom Frenzy was the tournament we played in. Both of the uh, Norfolk 17U teams, uh, both black and white teams, both finished second in their divisions. Uh, So pretty proud of that. It was a solid start. Uh, The 16U black team in Fremont was second in the uh, 9-10 division. Really, really good good team. They're starting to play really well together. Coach Craven's really got them going, so exciting uh, for them on the way they played last weekend, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they compete this coming weekend, too. So, um, but overall on, on last weekend's tournament, I thought our teams had, you know, had a, had a great first start. Uh, I thought in general, uh, we need to move the ball more, uh, a, a little more efficiently on offense, uh, you know, get that extra pass to get a great shot instead of just a good shot, um, you know, defensively. I thought our biggest weakness um, all across the board was just sealing a, a one and done, getting a rebound. Way too many second possessions um, to the other teams. So if we can we can focus on getting those rebounds and, and getting out and going and, and getting good shots up, I think we'll be fine. But all in all, I thought it was a solid start. Uh, 
in, in Norfolk, we had just an awesome practice on Tuesday night. Um, we got after it. Um, we got a lot tougher, did a lot of toughness drills, a lot of rebounding drills and just a drills to just make our kids compete. And so, um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, we got some stuff worked on that, that needed to be worked on, got some kinks worked out. So, um, on this coming weekend, I'm really looking forward to, the uh, River City Shootout as a program. We've never played in this tournament, so it'll be a, an exciting time for for our program as a whole. Um, it's essentially all the top AU programs in Nebraska that are going to be there. Um, so we're looking to just you know make some noise and just compete at the highest level for for 40 minutes a game. So, but it'll be exciting, win or lose, and and as long as we compete, I think we'll be just fine. Um, really looking forward to seeing you know, some of the other teams and, and, uh, programs out there and, and the talent and skill level that they're at and, and just matching us and seeing how we compete. And so, um, I have a lot of faith in, in our guys and our, in our program, you know, it's a good time to make some noise and, and I'm hoping that we can do that. So with that being said, um, we'll see everybody down in Omaha this weekend, safe travels, D-League out. <laughs>